Saft on the MR Running Pains podcast. With 30 years of running experience and 20 years of coaching, I thought it time to share with you things I've learned and people I've met so that you can try things for yourself and see if they help your running. Thanks for joining me. Today is July 1st, 2020, and I thought it about time in the podcast I got into one of my passions of running, and that's footwear. I like today to talk about gear, talk about shoes and uh, their function, how they should fit, um, some misnomers, some things you can do, um, and just go over the most important gear item that we use in our in our footwear. So, um, first thing I'll say, you know, having having owned my own running store, um, that it's great if you can support local. I know that's not always a possibility. Sometimes your local run shop doesn't carry the shoe that you want or or they can't get the shoe that you want. Um, But um, if you can support local, please do. Those guys are doing a lot for the community. You know, usually they're the ones that are sponsoring races and um, putting on group runs and training groups and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, hopefully your, your running store is doing a lot for your community and it'd be great if you can give back. So please support those guys. Um, when I, um, sat on the fitting bench all not so long ago, uh, you know, I would, I would always try to take a look at the foot, right? 
and everybody's feet are different. A lot of times people would come in and ask me, what's the best running shoe? And I would say, whatever fits your foot the best and feels the best to you. Um, there are good running shoes. There are top sellers, of course, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the best for your foot. You may have a friend that say, this is the greatest shoe ever, and it may be the worst shoe for you. So don't always just go off of um, a shoe review or you know what your, your training partner is using. Um, you know, this is be selective, make sure it's working for you. Um, you know, don't go off of of what's popular all the time. Um, you can certainly try it and if it works for you, that's great, obviously, but, um, take a few things into consideration and that, you know, that's kind of what I want to get into today is, is fit and function of the shoes, uh, how they should fit, how they should feel. And, um, and you know, we'll go from there. So the first thing that, that I always say, is that if you can pull out the insole of the shoe, you know, take that out and put your foot on top of it and stand on it, just like it would be on the inside of your shoe. That's going to give you kind of a visual cue, a snapshot, if you will, of what your foot's going to look like inside of that shoe. So if your foot is on top of the insole and any part, your foot or your toes that hangs over the edge, that means that the, the shape of the shoe, the last of the shoe, is, is not right for you. For instance, if you put your, your toes on there and one of the toes hangs over the front of the shoe, then it's not long enough. If a pinky toe hangs off the side, then it's not cut right for you. Uh, it, it needs to be a little bit rounder. Um, if the ball of your foot, the width of your foot um, behind the, the big toe where... Um, kind of the, the bones are the ball there. If, if that hangs over the sides of the insole, then it's not wide enough for you. So these are things that you can look at quite easily and tell, you know, is this shoe going to fit me? Is it going to be too tight? Um, is it too short? Is it the right shape? You know, it's very simple thing to do. Um, and you can look on your current insoles and kind of see Maybe you're having a, a toe that keeps losing a toenail or you keep rubbing a blister on the end of a toe. Um, all of these things, if you know, you can kind of tell by looking at your insole. You can also tell where pressure is. So, for instance, if you're seeing um, an imprint of the ball of your foot in the insole of your shoe and you're having a lot of forefoot pain, it you know, there's a few things that could be going on there, but you know, that's, that's an indicator that perhaps something's not going right with the fit of your shoe or the function of your shoe. And maybe it's time to, to examine, um, you know, perhaps like an over the counter insole, uh, to help or, um, you know, or a different pair of shoes entirely. So take a look at that insole um, especially when buying a new shoe, just to make sure that the uh, you know, the fit's right. Um, there's a lot of things that go on with the shape of the shoe, and you can kind of see that from the insole, as I was talking about. Is it too curved? Um, you know, is is your foot too curved and the shoe's too straight? Does your big toe come over the you know the inside of the insole? Again, these are just simple things to look at um, when when you're fitting. So take that into consideration. Um, the other thing I'll say is that, um, you know, when sizing a shoe, there's no universality. So in other words, there's, there's no, um, size nine is a size nine in every company. 
you know, I mean, like, I, yeah, when I go downstairs to, to go into my, my shoe cabinet, I have, you know, shoes that are size 11 and I have shoes that are size 11 and a half. And I have a couple that are size 12 just because not all shoes are made the same way. Not all are cut the same way. Um, and you know, obviously you can get too big. Um, we're not looking for, you know, too much in front of the longest toe. You know, in, in my case, my second toe is my longest toe, so I fit to the longest toe. Um, but you want about a third of an inch in front of that longest toe. Um, you know, that we, we talk about the, the thumb width. The thumb might be a little too much, but um, a, th- a third of an inch is um, a full size. So if you were to go on a, a measuring device, we call them Brannock devices, and you measure, let's say, you know, for myself, I measure on a size 10 and a half. I would go up a full size from 10 and a half general, you know, this is a general rule of thumb. I would go up a full size to an 11 and a half for my foot because a full size is a third of an inch. So a half size is a sixth of an inch. Um, you can also use the Brannock to determine width and see if you do need, you know, um, a wide or a narrow, or if you are true to size, um, quickly a women's normal, um, I shouldn't say normal, excuse me, a regular width is a size B as in boy. A men's regular width is a size D as in David. So for a woman, a wide is a D. So if a woman, a woman was to try on a man's shoe, she would be in a wide shoe for her. Now you have to adjust the length. Length is not coordinate um, across men's to women's shoes um, you would have to go down a size and a half in a men's shoe so if a woman size nine she would be a men's size seven and a half but again it would in a men's shoe that would be a wide so when you're fitting if you put on a men's shoe the men's shoe for a woman is going to be wide now in a men's shoe the wide is a 2e it goes up to 2E for a wide and 4E for extra wide. Um, again, women's wide is D and extra wide would be 2E. So, um, again, you know, we're going up a size from what our, our foot measures. You may wear your foot size in a casual shoe. We're not looking to have extra space in front of the, the longest toe in a casual shoe. So you may wear your your, your your actual foot size. So I may actually wear a 10 and a half if I'm comfortable with that in a dress shoe. Whereas in a running shoe, we need that space because the foot is going to expand. When, it, when that foot comes down and we push weight onto it, the arch is going to expand. And we need a little bit room for that expansion so that our toe isn't hitting the front of the shoe all the time. Uh, that's what that little room is, you know, the extra room is for. Also for, you know, swelling. If you're doing a longer run, the foot swells a little bit. needs a little room for that as well. If you're going downhill, the foot's going to shift ever so slightly in the in the shoe. You know, we don't want it to, but it's, you know, if you're going down a steep hill, the foot slides forward in the shoe, and you need that room again so that you're not bumping the front of the shoe and, and, and hurting the toenail bed, creating black nails and such. So um, go up a size. Uh, in your athletic shoes, it may be, um, um, uh, you know, a size and a half. It, it just depends on the brand again. You know, what what I wear in um, in um, Hoka, I mean, you know, I, like Hoka is not even universal in their sizing. I have a few pairs that are size 11 in one style. And then in, you know, another model, I have uh, a size 11 and a half. So there's no universal, you know, universality even within the brand. So just be, you know, cognizant of that. 
um, if you're shopping online, a lot of times they'll kind of had note, you know, that, um, you know, size up, size down. Um, so really read those notes. Um, if you can, you know, ask questions, uh, that's why I suggest going to a run store to make sure that you can try it on, that you're happy with the size, uh, that, you know, the sales clerk gives you their, their opinion, whether it's, it's going to fit you or not. Um, you may have been a size nine, uh, you know, 10 years ago and your foot, uh, due to gravity and time, um, perhaps having kids, uh, for the women and your foot may be a different size now. So recognize that, uh, you may have two different size feet. It's not uncommon to see a half size different in feet. What we do there is we fit to the larger foot. So one may measure a nine and the other a nine and a half. In that case, we fit to a 10 and a half and make sure that, that the smaller foot doesn't feel like it's swimming. Okay. Um, but you want to fit to the larger foot for comfort. Um, it's, it's, you know, important that the arch feels like it's in the right spot. Uh, we don't want it to, to create any hot spots underfoot. You shouldn't feel that if you feel anything right away, you know, it's, it's good just to kind of take that shoe off. Um, it shouldn't feel overbearing in the arch. Like it's pushing and digging into the arch. Uh, it just should feel like a bedroom slipper. Like you just, you didn't even put anything on. It should feel like a part of your foot. You just kind of get that ah sensation. That's what you're looking for when you slip a shoe on. Um, talk about a few other things in, uh, in, you know, in fitting here. But, um, the other thing that I like to look at is, um, the overlays and that's the material that the, the company uses, um, to create structure on top of the foot. So we call the upper is the, uh, the piece of material that goes on top of the foot and kind of holds the foot down onto the platform of the shoe. And those overlays create the structure so that the, the foot doesn't feel it's going to slide off the platform laterally, you know, side to side. Um, those overlays, they're becoming better and better, uh, about creating, um, um, seam free, overlay so there the the material does not need a seam or a stitching uh to uh to hold the foot in place they're um they're using heat welds and other um you know 3d printing technologies to to make this um, happen which is incredible but just make sure that when you flex your foot okay when you go and bend your toe lift your heel off the ground and just bend that toe and keep the you know toes on the ground and you flex, make sure that flexion point, that crease that's created doesn't press down onto the top of your foot and annoy it. It doesn't rub the top of the foot. Um, those overlays that are at the front of the shoe, they don't press down on any of the toes. Um, if they do have seams that they don't rub any of the toes. Um, you know, for instance, I, I, I did a review of the, uh, the Enda ENDA shoes, um, they're out of Kenya, new company. There's two models out and I have the lightweight version. I love it. It's called the E10. Um, I absolutely love the fit and function of the shoe. There is one little kind of, um, they used a, a kind of, you can feel there's a stitch there, but I think they tried to hide it with a heat weld, um, you know, an overlay that's, um, a material, um, that covers up the, the seam, but that seam presses down on my pinky toe and kind of, um, causes irritation it's it's kind of dissipated it's gone away over the course of time as as i've worn the shoe i still know it's there but it's it's not as uh abrasive not you know um but if you can um you know recognize that up front 
that you think something's going to rub or it just doesn't feel right from those overlays, um, you know, be cautious of that. At the same time, there's a lot of shoes that don't have a lot of overlays. Um, we're, we're seeing a lot more knit shoes, which is um, really neat. I like the, uh, the technology there. It's, it's very comfortable. Um, moves with the foot, but it doesn't create a lot of structure. Some are trying to create um, more, um, uh, I guess you would say, um, more of a stitch count, a higher stitch count, so that it, it creates um, kind of support in certain um, you know, sections of the, uh, the upper material so that they still have the same function as an overlay, but, um, you know, it, it may feel that your foot just doesn't want to stay at the platform. Um, for instance, um, I have the Nike wild horse, um, the newest, uh, I think it's the eight, if I remember off the top of my head. Um, and that shoe, although extremely comfortable underfoot, I, I love how it feels underfoot. I took it on um, some technical terrain, um, you know, pretty pretty rocky, pretty rooty, and the shoe just did not feel like it was staying under my foot. It just kept shifting because of the the upper material is just too loose. Uh, there's not enough structure and and overlays to the shoe to to kind of hold the foot in place um, over the platform over the uh, the midsole material. So. I caution you. It's 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 hard to know that uh, you, you know you can kind of do a little bit lateral side to side movements while you're at the shop uh, trying on shoes, but um, you know it's it's really hard until you get out there to know whether that foot is going to be um, you know it's going to be held in place. Um, you know, and uh, we're going to talk about the the lacing and stuff uh, in in a bit here that that can help with that, but. Um, just be aware of those overlays and, and whether they help control and, and stabilize the foot. You can kind of feel if your foot's going to shift too much in, in the, in the shoe. Um, you know, the Escalante by Altra has gone, uh, through multiple iterations and, uh, has gone back and forth with, uh, with overlays and how to keep that foot on that platform without, uh, you know, increasing weight and, and, uh, and, um, and changing the fit and, and kind of function of that shoe just because it is such a comfortable shoe. But, um, a lot of the complaints is that, you know, people don't feel like they, um, they have, uh, much stability on the platform because it feels like the foot's going to shift left or right due to the fact that, um, you know, there isn't very many overlays. Now they've, they've addressed that in a number of different ways. And I I feel the new iterations of that shoe are, are improving, uh, vastly, but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to, to watch the companies try to accommodate for that. So the other thing I, I caution you on is, um, a lot of times people would come in and say, oh, my heel's slipping. Um, now, there's there's a few things to, to talk about here. Um, one, if the shoe is very stiff, you know, it's just coming out of the box, hasn't been used, and the foam hasn't been worked in much, um, you know, it's, it's quite possible, you know, that, that, that you're feeling that and that it could go away in time you know, but you don't want to take that chance. That's, that's not something you really want to take a chance on. Um, so, um, if the shoe has an extra, um, eyelet, an extra eye hole, uh, to lace back into, um, try that first and see if that tightens the collar and and secures the foot down into, uh, uh, into the heel counter any better. And then you don't feel any more heel slippage. There's, um, there's also the, um, the, the looping method. Um, some call it the, uh, the marathon, not, or marathon lacing, um, but um, it's, uh, I, I'll put a quick video up on YouTube 
Um, I'm going to write myself a reminder right now just to to put that lacing method up there um, so that you can see it. Um, it's easier <laughs> than trying to describe it. Um, video of lacing. There we go. So that will be on, on YouTube. I'll get that up on there. Um, but you can try that as well to see if it helps. Um, and, uh, you know, a certain amount of heel slippage due to, you know, due to the, the, the shape of, of your heel, uh, might be okay. Like mine, you know, I, I know I'm going to have a bit of heel slippage. I don't usually get any blistering and that's that, yeah, again, that's, you don't want any friction obviously. So, um, you know, if, if you were to buy a pair of shoes and, and they were slipping and, and caused the blister, then, you know, obviously, um, hopefully they have a good, uh, return policy, um, or, uh, exchange policy, um, that you can kind of, you know, uh, take those back. But, um, that's the other big thing to look for is heel slippage. Um, if you can stick your finger down the back of the shoe, um, you know, where, where if you put your finger down along your Achilles tendon and you can stick your finger down there, um, you know, make sure that the laces are nice and snug and that your heel is all the way back and, and make sure you're, you're relaced. If you can still do it, then, you know, it's, it's probably, um, not the right type of fit for you. May even try to half size down in that case to see if that helps at all. Um, but you know, I just caution the, the heel slippage. Um, so, um, let's see. Uh, the other thing that I, I come across sometimes is uh, the mesh, the the upper material. Um, the, you know, like we want it to be breathable, um, yet we want it to be durable. Um, some people have uh, a curvature to the big toe in which the uh, the end of the nail wears away the the material on the upper, and um, it creates a hole. Um, you know, in, in the upper material and, and obviously that drives people nuts. Um, so, you know, any, like a lot of people say, you know, is there anything I can do? Well, I mean, aside from, you know, perhaps putting a little piece of duct tape, um, on the inside of the shoe, you know, there's not much you can do for that shoe. Um, but you know, what I would suggest is that, you know, when you're looking at shoes, if you know, you have that problem, you know, pop that big toe up and see if it comes up in the mesh. If it does, um, well, first check and make sure that the, the shoe's not too long. Secondly, you know, I, I may suggest looking for a pair that has a, a more durable material that comes up uh, to that, you know, that point of the, the big toe where it's coming up. See if they have something that, um, you know, that's, it's not mesh where that toe pops up. Um, look for a shoe like that so it doesn't you know it doesn't do it it's it's not going to really destroy the integrity of the shoe or the function of the shoe it's more aesthetic you know it, obviously we don't want our walk around with holes in the in the tops of our shoes it looks really bad but uh, you know functionally it's not going to destroy the shoe so if it's if it's just your running shoe um, you know it's like I said you can still use it it's not going to destroy the shoe at all but just something to to be cautious of um the other thing I, I like to think about is um, the uh, um, how the bottom of the shoe is designed. Uh, do you have complete ground contact? In other words, does every piece of the shoe on the bottom make contact with the ground? Or is it two separate platforms? You've got a platform under the heel, and then it's kind of curved up towards the foot, and then comes back down, and then there's a platform underneath the forefoot. Um, now... In the case where there's not complete ground contact, 
you may want to just see if you can take a spin in it and notice how that transition feels to you. Um, I always feel that complete ground contact, there's no disruption, you know, from the transition from heel to forefoot or midfoot to forefoot. You don't feel any difference because of that complete, complete ground contact. It's consistent. It's consistent material. So it feels good underfoot. It functions well underfoot. Um, so I, I like that personally. Um, you may be fine with the other thing, but just know that, you know, there is a difference and see what you like. Take that into consideration when you're trying them on. Um, let's see. Um, now there's a, there's, there's a, a billion different discussions we can get into with, with cushioning. Um, what's too much, what's too little, um, what's just right for you. That's kind of, um, you have to kind of see now. Um, I, I have a slew of different shoes. Um, my, um, I'm fortunate enough that, you know, my wife lets me (laughs) get shoes and, and, and have, you know, um, a very, very different lineup for myself. I have, Everything from pretty minimal. I have the Merrill Barra Access uh, XTRs. Uh, that shoe has been one of my favorite shoes of all time. It is very minimal. It is, it is a zero drop shoe. It's um, it's a great hybrid shoe. I can use it road or trail. Uh, I don't use it all the time. I, I like to use it every now and again, uh, kind of for like a you know a normal run. I wouldn't say you know necessarily. Um, um, you know, not even a moderate long run. I I just like it. Uh, it's a, you know, a variation in my, my lineup that allows me to use my foot and, and get that proprioception and, and feel how things are going. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a great one to have in my lineup. I may only use it once a week if that, um, but I love having that. Um, and then I have, um, lightweight trainers. I have the Enda, which I referred to earlier, the Enda a 10, um, love that shoe. As I said, it's great for, um, you know, uh, tempo, uh, tempo runs. Uh, it's great for interval workouts, for strides, for hill repeats. Um, you know, very, very versatile for workouts. I, I don't use it for my normal runs. Um, I like to save it for workouts, um, one that I do use for up pace and even longer runs is, um, I just got the, uh, the Adidas boost adios, um, not the audio, excuse me, the Boston, excuse me, the Boston, um, love, uh, love getting back into Adidas. Um, I haven't had Adidas, uh, you know, we didn't have them at the shop, so I, I didn't use Adidas for a long time, but I was, uh, collegiately, you know, at NC state, we ran, um, in Adidas, uh, and it's, it's been some time, uh, but it was, you know, it's nice to put that one back in the lineup. It's lightweight, um, and, and fast moving. I also, uh, use the, the Hoka Rincon. Um, that's, you know, I, I use that more, um, sparingly kind of like the, uh, end of 10, but use it more for longer tempos. Um, whereas the Adidas, uh, Boston, I can use, you know, on a normal run on an up-tempo run on a, you know, a tempo run, I can use it for longer intervals. I'm it's, it's very versatile. So I like that for that purpose. And then I also have the ultra boost. Um, you know, so, um, I use that on recovery days. I use it on longer runs on the road. 
Um, I can use it road to dirt. You know, it's again, pretty versatile for my uses. And I also have the Clifton, the Hoka Clifton. Um, you know, the Clifton is a, uh, it's a great shoe. Again, I can use it for multiple purposes, multiple surfaces. Um, it, you know, it, it serves many purposes and it's a great thing to have as on a recovery day. Um, I would say, you know, between all of these shoes, I don't use one particularly more than the other. If anything, uh, probably the ultra, um, boost is getting the most use right now. Um, but I, I, like I said, I don't use one more than the other. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's great not having to have a brand loyalty right now. Um, I enjoy trying different shoes, different ramps. Um, you know, as I said, I have, um, you know, I have the, uh, the Merrill, which is zero drop, and I have the Adidas, which um, I believe is uh, either ten or twelve millimeters, and you know it's 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 great to kind of mix that up, um, to kind of use different muscles, uh, you know, and not always be wearing down on on one muscle, um, you know, all the time. Um, you know, it's I like that variation. Uh, it, it keeps, I, you know, I, I myself have, um, a history with Achilles problems. Uh, I have a bit of scar tissue from a micro tear I suffered years ago. And, um, that can, that can really be bothersome, especially if I, uh, you know, if I stay in a, a, a low drop shoe for too long for too many miles. So it's kind of nice to create that variation. Um, you know, not to say that you can't always have a zero drop shoe, but you know, to have that variation, like I said, it just, it, it creates uh, different muscle use and, and variation so that I don't, um, I don't constantly wear on, on my Achilles. So if, if you're having problems, you know, something to th- consider. Um, in the trail shoes, um, I have, you know, I have so many different types of, of trail shoes. Um, trail shoes vary. Uh, you know, I have ones that have um, different tread for, for different runs, different stack heights for, you know, different, um, you know, durations, uh, different surfaces. So, um, you know, I have, um, I have the Lone Peak by Ultra. Um, I have, uh, Trail Talon 235 by Innovate. Um, again, I, I have the Nike Wild Horse. Um, I, I have the new, um, Torrent 2 by Hoka. Um, um, the Speed Goat, um, Hoka Speed Goat, and as well as the, uh, the Stinson. And I even have the Evo Jaws. Um, the Evo Jaws are, are kind of one of my, uh, my go-tos for, um, uh, racing or, or fast 50 Ks. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy that shoe. So I have all different, you know, shoes and, you know, I know people aren't as fortunate as, as I am. It's, it's one of, you know, one of my, um, kind of, uh, vices, if you will, is to have, uh, a good variation, um, a good tool chest, if you will, of shoes that I can go to and pick out different shoes for different uses, um, and create that variation and based on, you know, what I need. Um, so, you know, a lot of people are brand loyal and I, I don't have anything against that as long as it provides everything that you need and keeps you healthy and running. Um, so, I mean, as you can tell for myself, um, I, I, I like, you know, whatever fits and functions best for my foot. Um, you know, it, it's, um, I, I had, uh, um, you know, I, I think I had, uh, loved the torrent one and now in the torrent two, I, uh, I did a long run the other day, uh, and the insole, um, I don't know whether it was due to, um, moisture within the, uh, the environment of the shoe itself, or if it was just because the insole was too thin, but 
the insole folded under the ball of my foot and the the toe of the insole folded all the way back and was under my foot and created a crease so I had to keep stopping and taking the insole out and fixing it and then as soon as I hit a downhill again it would do the same thing um so I'm going to switch my old insole from my torrent ones into the new torrent twos uh and see if that fixes it um because I you know obviously uh, it's it's permanently creased now I can't use those um so um you know Sometimes you have to be a problem solver. Uh, with new shoes, you may love the shoe, just as I do the Torrent 2, but something's not working. Um, you know, lacing. I, I said I would talk again about lacing. Lacing can be something, uh, you know, from one model to the next, they may change something within the shoe, uh, you know, on the upper that maybe it creates a point on top of your foot where it just feels like the laces are pressing down. You feel like you're getting a bruising. Um, in that case, um, in the, the video, um, I'll put in, um, I'll show a lacing method of how you can take the pressure off as well. So if you feel a pressure on top of your foot at one specific point, uh, let's see if we can alleviate that with, uh, with a little bit of lacing. And again, I'll, I'll post that on that uh, YouTube video. Um, I'll try to get that up as well, um, within the next week. So, um, you know, be a problem solver. Uh, with your shoes, uh, there's there's a million things you can do. Uh, you can make shoes more flexible um, if they feel too stiff. You know, I mean, there's not you do, you don't want to keep doctoring up a shoe if it's really just not working for you. Unfortunately, um, you know, it's 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 probably good to try to find something else. I know it's difficult. You know, you you, you find a shoe, you fall in love with the shoe, and uh, the company changes the shoe on you. And we always say, why do they do that? I mean, if you were to compare, um, let's take um, uh, let's let's take the Pegasus for instance, uh, the Nike Pegasus. That shoe has been around forever. Uh, you know, they're they're in their thirty seventh iteration of the shoe, I believe. Um, it, it, that shoe, if you were to compare, you know, just let's say five to seven years ago to what it is now. It, it pales in comparison. You'd put it on, you'd be like, wow, this feels awful. I mean, you know, obviously the foam is probably, you know, uh, pretty shot. There is a shelf life on your foam. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, shelf life and, and, uh, and life of the, the shoes in a moment. But um, the, uh, what you want to see uh, is the, uh, the technologies that have changed, the, the materials that have changed. Um, so, you know, be patient. This this new iteration may not be um, the shoe that you had previously, but you know they'll they'll recognize that you know oh you know we really hit something on on that you know that whatever thirty fifth edition. Let's use this new technology, but go back to what we were doing with the thirty fifth edition. So they're pretty good. They do listen. Um, you you know they do listen to us, the consumer. Um, they hear our, our reviews and, and, and take those into consideration. Um, so, you know, if, if you have things to say, um, you know, reach out to the company, let them know, um, the, uh, but know that they are trying to evolve the shoe to make it, um, functionally better to fit you better, uh, to serve you better in the long run. So, um, it's, you know, they're doing their best they can, um, 
you know, it's not always best for you. So in the meantime, you may have to find a separate shoe, which either that or, you know, scour the internet to, <laughs> to find your old shoe and see if you can pick up a few models in the meantime. So that said, uh, let's go back to the life of the shoe. Um, the life of the shoe, when we, when we talk about if a shoe is worn out, we're, we're talking about the midsole. Now the midsole is the foam, that uh that's between your foot and the the rubber that's on the outsole of the shoe or the bottom of the shoe that black rubber on the bottom is called the outsole and then the foam you know whatever color it may be the the with the cushioning the main cushioning of the shoe that's what's going to give out now um you know now that they have all these different types of foams that they're making um, there's, you know, the, the durability is increasing, thankfully, which is great to see. Um, you know, but, um, what happens is the, you know, the foam finally gives out it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's compressed. Uh, and you know, we've, we've, we've gone through the life of the foam. So, um, when that happens, uh, a typical, um, the traditional material is called EVA, ethyl vinyl acetate. Uh, ethyl vinyl acetate that foam it's uh it gets really gummy it feels really squishy if you pick up a new shoe it's a lot more firm you'll feel your your thumb as the shoe wears it gets gummy and you kind of kind of press through it pretty easily uh you know your your body may start to show symptoms you you may feel like oh man i'm starting to feel it in my joints uh you know that's your body starts to become aware of that at times but it's really when that foam starts getting super gummy and like you're just not feeling that you just you know it just kind of feels like you bogged down in the shoe uh feels like it might bottom out uh, you know, that's a good time to look at replacing it. You can walk in, uh, to your, your, your run shop and, uh, just say, Hey, you know, like, can I, can I feel the new shoe? And what's good to do is feel the forefoot of each shoe. Uh, that's, that's the good way you, you press down in the middle of the forefoot, um, kind of right, right where the end of the tongue is. Uh, you're going to be, uh, uh, between the end of the shoe and the end of the tongue, press down in there and kind of feel each one, feel how thin yours is versus the new one, feel how gummy yours is versus the new one. And you can kind of tell. And then if you put the new pair on, you're like, wow, yeah, I can really tell the difference. Then, you know, there's your answer. Uh, you know, cause it's tough to go off of what they tell us anymore. How many miles should it be? We're all so different. You know, we're all different body types. We all run different surfaces, um, and different surfaces have, uh, you know, a different impact as to, um, you know, how quickly we wear out a shoe. Um, you know, or how much, you know, how much mountain running we do. Do we do a lot of downhills? Downhills create a lot of pounding on our shoes. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into consideration over the life of a shoe and, and what foam is going to break down. Now, um, shoes that have the, uh, um, the, uh, TPU, uh, like the boost, uh, the, um, Saucony ever run, uh, you know, the, those type of shoes, um, they're going to get a little bit more life. Uh, out of those foams. So you're, you know, you're paying a little bit more premium price for it, but uh, you should get more durability out of those shoes. Um, they, um, you know, they, that, that material, um, it, it, um, it has, uh, it's, it's, uh, molecules and air pockets are, um, 
are the same size, which in the EVA shoes, it's all different sizes. So the larger bubbles in an EVA shoe are going to consume the smaller bubbles in the foam, and that's what degrades or breaks down the shoe. Whereas in TPU, they're all the same size, so you don't have that same compression. It uh, it will last you a lot longer uh, and does better in, uh, in heat and uh, cold, whereas EVA does not. It breaks down the shoe faster. So um, all things that, that happen, uh, things to consider when you're buying a shoe, when you think about materials, um, you know, there's, uh, there's, I mean, with Nike coming out with their new materials and stuff, it's, you know, it's, it's a great time to be in, uh, uh, looking at shoes because there's just so many options out there and, and they're all doing amazing things and trying to make, um, us more efficient, less injured, injury prone. Um, I find some of the trends interesting, um, in uh in the industry right now um nike uh you know they're always controversial there's always something of controversy going on unfortunately with nike but if you look at them they are really a leader in you know in the industry uh in what they're trying to do and trying to accomplish there was um a book published uh called tread lightly uh it's you know it 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 um it came out after born to run, but really looked at, um, you know, minimal footwear, um, and the footwear industry at the time and, and what was, uh, what was going on and what people were thinking. Now, um, in the book, uh, this is well ahead of, um, you know, what's, what Nike has done recently, which I'll get into in a moment, but, um, Nike did not publish, uh, or, you know, if they did, it was, uh, relatively unknown. Uh, they, they did a study, that uh, determined that the traditional stability shoes um, didn't have the effic- efficacy of uh, limiting overpronation uh, that you know that they wanted or that they were trying to achieve or that they felt could really do uh, any help towards an individual. Um, now, there's not to say that there isn't circum- certain circumstances in which a runner needs stability. Uh, now, overpronation. Uh, may not necessarily be the circumstance that a runner truly needs stability, uh, which is obviously debatable to what degree they overpronate and if they're having problems uh, and what problems they are. But um, Nike determined that you know stability shoes as a whole weren't doing the job. Now, interestingly enough, um, this fall, Nike will be pulling their last stability shoe, their last stability model out of the line. So um, when I talk about stability models, I'm referring to the anti-pronation devices that we put into the shoes. Nike used a dynamic support system. Um, many companies use a simple post, which is just creating a, a, a denser foam on the inside of the foot to prevent the foot from rolling inward. Um, so it's uh, it's interesting to see that they they're they're moving totally away from stability shoes. They're, uh, you know, Nike's kind of they you know they did their research. They feel that. Um, you know, we don't need that, uh, overstabilization of the foot as much as we initially thought. Um, so, um, the other thing that I find interesting, uh, you know, aside from, um, what everybody talks about in the, uh, you know, the, the new next percents and, and carbon fiber plates, um, that's a, that's a whole nother conversation, uh, is their, um, Nike react infinity run series. Um, they have the Nike infinity, uh, React and the uh, Nike Infinity React Miler. The Miler is just kind of a dumbed down version; doesn't have the uh, React material, I believe. Um, but the um, the Miler, they're toting that as um, a reduction in injury shoe. 
they're not claiming that you know you're going to have x amount of uh, you know of chance of or likelihood of of getting injured but it's it's really fascinating to see that you know they're trying to create through the dynamics and and motion uh and materials of the shoe uh that they are saying that you know we're we're going to get less uh, likelihood of being injured in if we train in in this shoe um that you know i think that story kind of it's been missed with that shoe um yeah, especially since that shoe hit and then the pandemic hit, you know, it didn't really give um, much time for the story to be told. Um, it's an interesting um, shoe. Uh, I do have that one as well. Um, the upper is um, it's interesting. Uh, it's it's pretty low volume. Um, doesn't have a lot of room for the, the you know the a, a higher volume foot. Um, the lacing is very minimal. So again, you know, it's, it's not something that snugs the foot down or, or holds the heel into the counter. Um, so, um, you know, I, I think in future iterations, they're going to have to do something with the upper to, to make it, um, you know, a, a better fit and B fit more feet. Um, so, but, uh, underfoot feels, it feels pretty good. Um, you know, definitely different. It's, uh, you can, there's a a bevel to the shoe, so it has a rounded bottom and that's part of the technology and, and hoping to, to keep people, um, uh, less, you know, uh, prevent them from being injured. Um, so, um, forgive me there. Um, but, um, the, um, you know, worth looking into. Um, and seeing, uh, I'll be interested to see what happens, you know, um, you know, what Nike's finding as, uh, as more and more people buy that shoe and, 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 uh, and seeing how that goes forward. Um, you know, Nike has been kind of, uh, notorious for, uh, putting a shoe, uh, and a technology in line and saying, this is it, this is, you know, this is the new material and going forward, you know, this is going to be, uh, kind of the revolution and, and how shoes go forward. You know, we looked at that with like the, the lunar technology in, in theirs and, uh, you know, numerous other projects that they've come and gone with. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see, um, footwear that can help reduce the risk of injury. Uh, I think that would be fantastic for, for all of us, um, you know, that, that, uh, that struggle, uh, with injury, but, uh, you know, it, the reality is as, as kind of, I've talked with multiple PTs, uh, on this show is that, you know, uh, we need to take the, um, uh, the responsibility ourselves and, and in our own running, um, sure. Something, some things can happen with a shoe, um, you know, that, that can lead to, uh, an, an overuse injury or, you know, um, uh, or problems, but you know, it, it, it's, we have to be cognizant of, of not only our strength and flexibility, but our, our running form and make sure that we are running properly, uh, and not, you know, putting ourselves in danger of, of getting injured. So, um, you know, whether that be through, uh, proper footwear, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily all on footwear. I think it's, it's more on us making sure that we are, um, you know, we are doing all the ancillary things that we can to make sure that we're not, uh, increasing our likelihood of injury, uh, due to the fact that, you know, we have a, uh, a strength discrepancy or a lack of, uh, mobility and flexibility. So, um, be aware of those things. Um, and you know, um, the, you know, the bottom line, I guess, when it comes to footwear is just make sure it feels good to you. Um, that's, that's what you should be happy with your footwear. Um, I hate it when, you know, uh, yeah, I have a shoe that, you know, I get and it just, you know, it sits in my closet. I just have to give it away. Um, you know, I, I, I want, 
I want a shoe that, that fits and functions with my foot and with me. Uh, you know, I, I feel one and, and able to just put on a shoe and not worry about it, you know, just go for a run. Um, you know, I, I do have, uh, I have two pairs of the next percents. Um, the first pair, uh, I, you know, I, that, that, that shoe again, it's, it's not built for a ton of miles. That foam breaks down rather quickly. And, uh, I was, I was getting a lot of, uh, ankle trouble, um, just because with my foot strike, I strike very laterally on the side of my foot and I stay laterally, uh, which, you know, we term under pronation or supination. So my foot stays on the outside and I ride that outside. My foot doesn't come into neutral. Um, it just stays. And so with a shoe like that, or like, um, a Hoka with, you know, that much stack height, that much foam in between my foot and the ground, I press down on that lateral side and I break that foam down. And what ends up happening is I create a wedge in that foam because all my pressure is staying on that one side. So the shoe gets wedged and it just creates a more dramatic effect since I've broken that shoe down and my foot stays, it goes more and more, um, to the outside because that foam is getting, you know, shrinking more and more on the outside of the foot. So it turns my foot out even more stretching the tendons on the outside of my, my foot and ankle and, uh, and thus leading to, you know, to problems for me. So, um, you know, look at your shoes and how they're breaking down. Um, if you stand in front of a mirror and you're like me, you can see the foot just tipping out because the foam is broke down that much. Uh, that's a good sign that you should replace those shoes. Um, you know, if, uh, if you're wearing, um, you know, the, um, the big toe of the shoe off and you're having some, um, medial or, or inside of the, the knee or shin splint issues, also a good thing to look at. Uh, so, um, when we look at the wear pattern of the shoe, we look at the forefoot. Um, that's, that's key to looking at, um, at how you're wearing the shoe. Um, if you're a heel striker, you're going to wear that outside lateral heel. Okay. Um, that's where you land. That's that you're as a heel striker. That's, you know, the brunt of your impact coming down, you know, three to four times your, your body weight is, is, is coming down on, on the heel there. So that's where you're going to see the most wear. Um, that, so that doesn't tell the tail it tell, you know, the tail is, um, when that foot lands and it starts to pronate pronate is just the motion of the foot and ankle, the movement. And so when it moves and it starts to come into that neutral plane where it, it comes into where if you were picturing the foot and ankle, uh, the ankles at 90 degrees are perpendicular to the ground. Uh, if it comes down and then breaks that plane, then, uh, and continues to what we would say over pronate and go to the inside, then you're going to toe off off that big toe. Uh, and that's, you know, where we get into what we were talking about earlier with, um, do we need a stability shoe is our problems resulting because of a stability shoe? Um, you know, uh, on the converse problems can arise from a stability shoe. If you don't need it, if you have too much stability in the shoe, it can force the foot out, you know, just like my foot, my foot doesn't need a stability shoe. It would, it would create so much more problems because my foot already lands on the outside and stays to the outside. So, um, you know, I would be battling the force of the stability in which it would lock up the outside of my leg. So if you're a neutral runner, and you're noticing that you're wearing a stability shoe and you're wearing on the pinky toe and you're starting to have, um, you know, 
shin pain on the outside of the shin or IT pain, um, IT band pain, you know, possibly on the outside of the knee, it can be that you're in too much stability. You know, the, the foot is not being allowed to do what it's wanting to do and the body's getting kind of jammed up, if you will. So um, caution you against, um, you know, too much stability because that can be a detriment to yourself as well. So be careful with that. Um, let's see. Um, I think, um, the only other thing, I guess, um, some people say like, do I need a trail shoe? Um, and you know, trail shoes, um, you know, they're, they serve a very great function when, you know, when you run trails a lot, um, you know, if you run, you know, a lot of road and every once in a while you go onto the trails, a road shoe is going to be fine. If you want to buy a trail shoe to have a trail shoe separately, you know, obviously that's, that's up to you. Um, but if you run trails most of the time and a, you feel like you're missing protection, B you're, you don't have traction. Um, and, uh, C, uh, you just, you don't feel like your current shoe, uh, moves well enough with the terrain, you know, the, the rockiness or technical technicality of the trail. You know, those are all things that you may want to consider uh, looking at a trail shoe and seeing if you can find something that meets the needs that you need, you know, whether it be um, having uh, a little bit more protection. Uh, some trail shoes have rock guards. Others just have um, larger lugs for the traction, and that adds the protection of the shoe. Um you know, do you need waterproof or Gore-Tex because you're running in a climate uh, that in the winter you get a lot of uh, frozen precipitation? Uh, you know, all things to consider. Um, you know, is it is a trail shoe necessary? Not, not you know, no, it's not. But, uh, you know, it can uh, remedy these situations and make you more comfortable, uh, you know, make you, you know, less, uh, you know, uh, less, I guess, putting uh, less focus on, uh, on the trail itself. Um, you know, because you feel comfortable, you feel protected, you feel, uh, you know, you're not going to fall slip, etc. Um, but conversely, you know, you may also buy a trail shoe that, um, adds to the problem. You feel like, you know, you're, you don't have the control over your foot that you want. Um, so you have to, again, find that happy medium where you feel like you can uh, have enough proprioception, because the trail, obviously, it undulates so much. You want to be able to know what the foot is doing, where it's landing, how it's landing. You don't want to constantly think about having to place your foot. Uh, you know, it's uh, so, um, you know, take those into consideration as well. Um, and uh, um, just as I talked about with the wild horse, you know, make sure you've got good um, stability on, you know, your foot stays on top of that platform. Um, whether it be through the lacing system or through the, you know, the overlays of the shoe. Um, the, you know, the only other thing I will say, uh, I was taking uh, a course last night and they had mentioned, uh, something that I, I hadn't heard, but thought was interesting is that <clears throat> if the shoe weighs over 440 grams. Now this was not specific to, um, the size of the individual in which they spoke. So, you know, this may be for, um, you know, uh, you know, your, let's say, um, size, uh, size 12 men's and, and down. Um, but, uh, and it may be even slightly, you know, less weight for women, but, uh, if the shoe weighs 440 grams, um, 
or more, it takes away from the efficiency of running. That, In other words, the shoe is too heavy and it's actually doing a detriment to you. Uh, you're not going to be as efficient running in such a, a heavy shoe. So, um, you know, uh, 440 grams, um, it be, you know, be aware of, uh, of that weight and, um, and how much your shoe actually weighs. Um, if I were to put that into the, um, the conversion here, let's see what it would say. So 440 grams, uh, two ounces. Let's see how many ounces that is. Um, so that is, wow, that would be 15.5 ounces. So that's, that's pretty heavy. I don't think you're ever going to find a shoe that that's really that heavy. So, um, but you know, um, be cognizant of the weight, uh, because it can be too light as well. Um, I know that, you know, for, um, for doing like a road marathon, for instance, um, I cannot go under, um, nine ounces, you know, in a, in a shoe. Um, I just, I, I feel, you know, more beat up, more pounded. My legs takes, you know, so much more. I don't know if it's, um, you know, the, the efficiency, um, issue or, or what it may be, but, you know, be, be aware that you, you know, something too light, you may not be efficient enough. It may be something that you could work to over time. I'm not saying that you never could, but, uh, just be aware of that as well. So all things to consider. Um, and, uh, if you have other questions, um, by all means, please reach out. Um, I did do a blog post on my, on my blog a while back, um, my MR running pains blog, uh, about shoe fitting. Some of this stuff is in there. Uh, you'll see, um, another, um, article about trail running shoes and, uh, um, as well as um, an article about socks. So if you want to check out my blog, um, some other resources on there. Uh, I'll, I'll get this YouTube uh, video up um, probably by weekend's end, um, uh, you know, the video about lacing. I'm um, also going to be posting some, some other new videos as well. So uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, check out the ones that are on there. I've uh, just posted one about uh, using um, your uh, your buff or your neck bandana to to create an ice bandana for for hot weather running. Um, my uh, my newsletter will be coming out. I, I try to make that you know extremely informative. Um, so if you want to subscribe to my newsletter, please visit my website mrrunningpains.com. Um, you can uh, find me on Facebook, MR Running Pains Coaching. And uh, if you have questions on on coaching, um, I've got about I'm, I'm under probably under ten spots left right now. Um, really, again, thank you all for for reaching out for coaching. Sincerely appreciate that. It's it's been wonderful to uh, to meet new people and hopefully um, help them reach uh, new goals and uh, and uh, and and share that journey together. So, thank you all for that. Um, what else? Um, uh, uh, the FKT is scheduled for next weekend. Um, you know, I like, I I'm feeling a bit overtrained at the moment, unfortunately. Um, I, 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 it came on kind of, you know, over time. Uh, I thought I was just tired from training, but I, I've really been pretty rough lately and I kind of been following this trend. I think I'm going to do a, a podcast on, on fatigue and overtraining. Um, and you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's something that, I've, I've kind of thought for a while, I just need to take a break. And I think it is, it's time for me to take a break. Um, I don't know. We'll see if I can go after this FKT still. Um, it, it just may not be in the cards, but, um, we'll see, you know, I, I hope, I hope I still can. It's, it's been a goal. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see how, how my body's doing. I gotta listen. Um, once again, thank you for listening. 
Uh, thanks for being a part of this. Uh, again, any comments, questions, uh, future episodes you'd like to hear, um, guests uh, you know that you think would be a, a welcome addition, I, I welcome all of that. Uh, you can reach me at runningpains at gmail.com or through my website. You can reach me through uh, Facebook, um, Instagram, and, uh, and Strava, of course. So um, I really thank you guys. And I hope everything's going well. I hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. And uh, until next time, have a great day. Run on. <music>